You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. I'd just like to welcome um, Sandy, who's done a fantastic display at the back on Second World War, knitting <coughs> and heritage, um, and the celebration essentially of all things Second World War. And our colleagues from Roving Press, to my right, who does a fantastic array of uh, Dorset-orientated books. And also later, we're going to go into great detail about these posters. There'll be a 10-minute presentation on each one where they can discuss and really extol the virtues of the work that they've done. So on that note, I'd like to welcome Mr. Tristan Boyle to the stage. Proceedings. Are you ready, sir? Of course. Good morning, everybody. I hope you're um, superly awake this morning. So uh, I am going to do this presentation uh, sans a PowerPoint, because I don't want to bore you. And I realized after a while that my presentation was just a bunch of pictures behind me, which is not really what I want to talk about. What I do want to talk about, however, is hidden heritage, and how hidden heritage is presented to the public. Liars. We are all liars. Yourself, 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 and I. We are all liars, and we have wounded heritage. We have wounded history. But tis not as deep as a well, nor as wide as the church door, but tis enough twill serve. Ask for me tomorrow and you will find me a grave man. A rat, a cat, a man to scratch a man to death. A braggart, a rogue, a villain who fights the book of arithmetic. I wasn't always an archaeologist, but I was an archaeologist before I knew it. I went to, I went to university to pursue chemistry. And instead, I became an archaeologist. Happens to the best of us. I um, had a course in my second year uh, about archaeological theory. And of course, I did not do the required reading, because who does that? But I did have one book, a book that I bought secondhand, called Social Theory and Archaeology by Shanks and Tilly. I see you all with worried faces. What's he going to say next? Well, archaeology is everything, I tell you. Archaeology is everything. Because the fact is that when we talk about archaeology and what the public understands as archaeology are two very separate things. But those pseudo-archaeologists, as we call them, the charlatans, the jesters, we don't realize that we too are the jesters. We are the jesters in the king's court. And we are annoyed that the other jesters get the king's attention. Knowing our jokes are the best ones, but sighing and tutting when the king chews the more bombastic acts. 
But what as archaeologists can we possibly do to actually better this? We have to understand what hidden heritage means to the public. And what hidden heritage means to the public is something that is hidden. It's hidden by someone. Hidden by a grand conspiracy, some say. But I'm not here to shame pseudo-archaeologists or in some Richard Dawkins fashion, push people away. No, this is much more important. This is important because we as archaeologists have to understand that we have to engage. It is our responsibility. But perhaps we have to understand what we do when we talk to the public. What if the truth, the objectivity of the science and the reason that we've said for so long, what if the truth isn't true? What if there is no truth? We all have to remember that the archaeological record is merely a corpse of corpses that is constantly decaying and that when we look at it, we can never know everything about it. But then how do we say anything about the past? How do we communicate that? How do we tell people that maybe, sometimes, possibly? How do we make that interesting? The issues I bring here today are ones of hidden history, but not as we know it, or better said, not as the public know it. A hidden heritage for us is a heritage forgotten about, is a heritage that is boring. Ask anybody what they know about Vikings, of World War II, and of Romans, and I'm sure they'll tell you a lot of things. But ask them about 13th century farmers in Bordeaux, and they'll go silent. And they'll ask you, well, what did they do? Well, because we don't know about them, then they certainly didn't do anything. But whose fault is that? Is that, is that the public's fault? Is that the people who produce media's fault? Or is that our fault as archaeologists for sucking up to media? The thing is, we've all had that one conversation. You know that conversation? No, not the one about dinosaurs. We've all had that one. But what about the conversation about, for example, the one I had a couple of weeks ago where somebody asked me about the pyramids that connect around the Earth and the pyramids in Antarctica? Of course, I was a bit perplexed. I've never heard of the pyramids in Antarctica before. So I did my online research and I was told very, very assuredly, please go online and do your research. And I said, yes, I will. That's not what this person expected. So I went online and I did do my research and I did look and what I found was the most interesting of all framing issues. What was really interesting was the fact that people who talked about other forms of archaeology, they were interested in representing archaeologists as this one conjoined moving thing. That archaeology upheld a history that was infallible and unquestionable. But we don't have an infallible history. We don't have an infallible record. We don't have a history that is just so. And that's what we have to really ram home to the public. We have to have history be questionable. We have to make sure that people understand, I mean the public, understand that everything, what we find, every discovery changes everything. It's this wonderful you know, uh, newspaper headline this one discovery changes everything we know. They're only partially right. Everything changes everything. Absolutely everything changes everything. And that's the dynamic that archaeology goes through. Archaeologists are not just interested in the past, because the past informs the present. And our greatest understanding of the past is in the future. 
because we get better at learning things. But if we want to have the best future that we can have, we have to know our past. So therefore, archaeologists cannot just be interested in a past. They have to be interested in the future and the present as well. We have to be futurologists. We have to be anthropologists. We have to be ecologists. We have to be everything. That's why archaeologists have so much appeal. But there is one problem. Archaeologists have been given a power. And that's the power of conversation. That's the power when you speak to people and people say, you're an archaeologist, what, if, what gold have you dug up recently? They'll listen. They'll be intent. But why? Because history has power. It has political power. History is used to promote current political ideas. But it's done so in a way that nobody can question it. Nobody can say, that political power is from this history which has been presented like this. No, history is just so. You can't change history. But we can because we make history. We make history. Nobody's ever thought about that. Nobody's ever thought about, hey, what if history is made like that? Because when we say to make history, we mean to do something grand. But perhaps it is in the everyday making of history that we find real, honest interpretation. And that's ultimately what we have to do. We have to take off the mantle of this infallible heritage, this infallible history, because that's precisely what is holding us back. That we have such power as archaeologists to tell people this is what happened is precisely what is choking us right now. If you look at any archaeological kind of TV program in the last five, ten years, you'll see a pattern. You'll see people brought on for moments as talking heads. They're not telling anybody anything. All they're saying is they're giving out factoids. Those facts are spun into this wonderful narrative of that program. And that's because we've allowed media people to do our programming for us. What we need to do is take responsibility for heritage. We need to say the hidden heritage is not stuff that's being covered up by anybody else. But the hidden heritage is being covered up by you, society. The, her the heritage that you find boring. The heritage that you want to push aside. Consider for a moment the heritage of the working class in the 19th and 20th century. How they are looked on as being so resourceful, as doing so much yet being in such squalid conditions. But look how that implies in the modern times that if you're a working class, well, look what they could put up with. What we need is we, as archaeologists and people interested in heritage, need, need to make our own communications. We can no longer rely on that which is popular and that which is bombastic. We have to make our media bombastic. We have to shout from rooftops, there's a reason we have archaeological theory. And it's not just to be pretentious <coughs> and snobby. I don't know if you recently know about the Nazi war diggers issue. With Channel 5 rebranding it Battlefield Recovery, it's <coughs> demonstrated for some people a complete lack of empathy or complete lack of respect for the dead. But yet people were defending it. And people said, and I quote from Twitter, archaeological snobs snub TV show. At least they got a burial. At least they got a burial. They didn't get a burial. They got an inhuman exhumation. And ultimately, that's what we have to communicate. That just simply digging up something and finding it is not 
the end of the story. We need the start of the story. How did we find it? We need the middle. Why did we do this? And we need the end, which is a massive question mark. We can do the change that needs to happen. We can elucidate what hidden heritage is. And hidden heritage is the boring heritage. But by being boring, it's human. It's the heritage of everyday life. And that is the heritage that is most important right now. That's the heritage we have to communicate. Because ultimately, when we speak, the public asks, where do we as archaeologists stand? And we reply, between the burial and me. This show is produced by Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.